We're in a series of messages right now called Great Expectations. And uh, life really many times is about expectations. This is an expectation time of the year because football season is about to begin, which means no one's lost yet, right? So the expectation is we're going to be awesome. We're going to be great. We're going to win it all. We're going to whatever. But sometimes our expectations don't live up to what we think, right? And what life really is about many times is how we deal with those unmet expectations. How do we make it through the difficult and hard times of life when things don't go exactly how we expect them to go? Well, in this series, we've been learning about how to live a life, what God expects us. No matter what's happening around us, how does God want us to be? And we've learned that there is one major expectation that is above all other expectations. In fact, all the others that we've been learning in this series go back to this main expectation. Here it is. No matter what is happening in our life, God expects us to be like Jesus, right? That's what he expects. So our life then becomes about the journey of becoming like Jesus. What would Jesus do? We hear the WWJD a lot. It used to be popular on bracelets, but it's a very good, a very good question to ask. What would Jesus want me to do in this situation? Well, God wants us to be faithful and to be like Christ. But here's the thing. We need each other to help each other live up to that expectation. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's the expectation of connection. God expects us to connect with each other, to help each other. God created us to connect with each other. God created us for belonging. We all long to belong. In fact, that's what our life is about. We're, we're trying to find people that we can connect with. And many times those connections lead us in good ways to lead us to be uh, better and to be the people that we should be. Sometimes we make connections that lead us down other, other paths that lead us farther away from who it is that we need to be because of the influence of people around us. But God created us to belong. So we need people in our lives. We're going to be answering some really important questions today as we go through this. Why do we need to be connected? What connects us? When will we strengthen our connection? And what does connecting help us do? Four questions that we'll answer today. So let's take a look at the very first question. Why do we need to be connected? This goes along with what I was talking about at the end of the message last week. I talked about the expectation of, of reproduction, that we would reproduce ourselves and other people. That as we're like Christ, we lead other people to be like us, to be like Christ. It's important for us to do that because we learn something very important, and that is that we're better together. That's what we learned, that two are better than one, which means this. It's better for us to be connected than for us not to be connected. It's better for us to have other people than to not have other people. Why is that? It's the scripture that we looked at last week found in Ecclesiastes 4. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? 
Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Great passage because in it, it tells us the whys of why we need other people in our lives. What are some of those whys? This first one is this, that we can do more together. It said this at the beginning, that two are better than one. It's that whole leadership idea that we've learned about here before of synergy, right? That we can do more together than we can by ourselves. There is something incredible that happens when synergy occurs between us. It's the difference between uh, addition and multiplication. When we begin to work together with one heart and one mind and do things together, God can do amazing things more than we can even imagine sometimes. But when we do things alone, it's all additive. I would use this example again about that. It would be like if I went out and told people about Jesus this week and told five people about Christ and they became Christians, which we should be doing one-on-one. We should. And you do the same thing and go out and share with Christ uh, with five people and they become Christians. You separately have won 10 people to the Lord. It's awesome. You add those together. Five and five is 10. But what happens if not only you're doing that, which we should be doing, but what happens if the two of you come together and decide we're going to work together to hold an event that is going to draw hundreds of people to the event, and they're going to come and hear the message of Christ. And because the two of you worked together and put together this event, 200 people came to Christ because of what you did to draw a crowd, because you worked together. That's the difference between addition and multiplication. We're stronger together, that we can do more together. And God wants us to do more together. We are limiting the potential of what God can do if we don't do things together. Here's a second thing, straight from the scripture. We help each other when we fall. Uh, What does that mean? When we make mistakes, there is someone there to help us deal with those mistakes. So we can get up. And get on the move again. So if we fall, if we fail, right, and we make this mistake, we're not there to deal with it alone. Someone is there to help us deal with those situations with us, to help us handle what has just happened in our life, to help us get on, get up and to get on the move again. We need people to help us when we fall. Here's the third thing. We serve each other when there are needs. It talked in the scripture about that we lie down together to keep each other warm. If we're alone, we're cold. There's no one there to meet our need. But if there are people with us, there are people there who can meet a need that we have in our lives. And that's why we need each other because all of us have needs that we can't meet alone that other people need to step in to help us in meeting that need. We're created for that purpose, to help each other in this way. We're better together. Fourth thing, it's this, that we help each other stand up to our enemy. Two, it's said in the scripture, can defend themselves. They help us see when the enemy is coming. In other words, another person can help us overcome our blind spots. We may not see an enemy coming. They see them coming. And because of that, they give us the warning to prepare us. Or they may see areas in our life where we're weak and we're vulnerable, and they help us become stronger in our vulnerabilities, area of vulnerabilities, so that we're not vulnerable anymore, so that when the attack comes, we can be strong to face the enemy. All of that happened 
Because we had people who we were connected to that were helping us. What happens if we don't have people? Well, we can't do as much, right? When we fall, we may never get up. We have areas in our life where we can't have a need that's met because we can't meet it ourselves. And our enemy may come against us and defeat us because we weren't prepared and ready because of the help of someone else. That's the difference. That's why God created us for connection. This is the beauty of church too, isn't it? Right? I mean, we're here to do these things for each other. We need each other. We need to be around each other in order for us to be able to be strong and have the influence that God wants us to have. Second question. Here it is. What connects us? This gets back to the scripture that uh, we just read a moment ago through our worship time in Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we possess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's something that we have in common that connects us, that we discover in the scripture that we just read. What is it? Look at it. It's a family connection. When we talk about, talk about being connected, we're connected because we're a part of the same family. And there are some words in the scripture that help us see this. It talks about brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters are part of the same family. It also talks about God and it talks about the house of God, which means this, that we have the same father. So we have a connection. We're brothers and sisters in this same family where we have all the same dad, the same heavenly father who is over us. He's the one who connects us. That's what we have in common. That's why we're connected together. How does that look though? Why are we connected? We're connected, second thing, because of blood. We're connected by blood. We hear that uh, many times. They're blood relatives, right? Uh, there are some families that are very famous for being blood relatives, the royal family, right, in England. Started back in uh, the year 1066, the bloodline of the current kingdom in England. The bloodline goes from... from, from generation to generation, from person to person to person to person. It's a natural bloodline. I want you to think of it, though, in a different way. There are two different types of bloodlines. There's a bloodline that comes by nature, natural bloodline, connected by literal blood. But then there's a spiritual bloodline. And that spiritual bloodline, we're also connected, guess what? By blood. But blood, represented us spiritually, represents something to us the blood represents love to us. Because in the scripture, it also talked about somebody else that we're connected to. His name is Jesus, who gave his life as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, right? 
through the shedding of his blood, we were sprinkled and our sins were washed away. We are connected. Y'all, this is sweet right here, right? We're blood relatives. We have all trusted in what Jesus did for us through the shedding of his blood. We have accepted the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, and that's what we have in common. Here's the deal. There is no connection if there is sin, because sin disconnects us. It is forgiveness that comes through the shedding of blood that causes our sin to be wiped away, to remove the disconnecting factor in our life, to allow us to be united with God. And it's all because of what Jesus did for us. Y'all, we're connected by blood, aren't we? And we need to remember what Jesus has done for us. And that's the reason why we're connected with each other, because we have his forgiveness in common, that we've accepted what he has done for us. Y'all, that's powerful to me. That's should be powerful to us in understanding and remembering this every day that I'm here to represent him because I'm a part of the family through what Christ has done for me, through what Christ has done for all of us. But there's another thing that we have in common in this. We have the same leader. So it's a family connection. We're connected by blood, but we have the same leader. Who is our leader? In the scripture it said, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. When it's talking about the leader who's over the house of God, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus is our great high priest, right? He's the one who is over it all. In fact, Paul even talked about Jesus being head in another place. We find it in what he wrote in a letter to, to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1. And God placed all things under his feet, talking about Jesus, and appointed him to be the head over, over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So we have the same leader. The leader is Jesus. So what does this leader do for everybody in the family? The brother who is over the kids. That's who Jesus is. What does he do for us? A couple of things. One of the things he does is he instructs us. He gives us instruction on your outline sheet. You can fill that in, that he directs us. He directs us, and he does it by instructing us and telling us how it is that we're supposed to live our life. We talk about this all the time around here. The big question that Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, right? We hear it all the time. When Jesus answered the question to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's what he said. What he did is he just gave direction to people. And the direction through his instruction is this, that you are to love God more than anything else with your whole heart, with your whole soul, mind, strength, everything that you are, you're to love God more than anything else. And when you love God more than anything else, you'll love doing what God loves doing more than anything else. And do you know what he loves doing more than anything else? He loves showing his love to people. That's the second part of the command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, Jesus said, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the commands, all the prophets and, and, and the law hang on these two commands, he said in the scripture. So he's, he's saying this, this is the direction for your life. Everything is about 
you loving God more than anybody else and for you to be into what God is into, like he's into it, and that's showing his love to other people. How do we know what that looks like? He shows us. Not only does he direct us, he shows us what that looks like. I mean, think about Jesus' life when he was here on this earth, what he did. Went from place to place, he met this person and that person, and he met people's needs. He connected, right? For us to meet needs, there has to be a connection. He connected with people, and he met the needs of people that he came in contact with. That's what he did. And what he did was this. He made sacrifices for other people so that they understood that they were loved. This is what happens for people who are connected, all right? Brothers and sisters, this is the way it should be, because sometimes brothers and sisters don't get along. Do I have a witness from anybody out there related to that, right? Sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. But in the loving world, we're supposed to be people who show love to our brothers and sisters. In other words, we're to give, we're to sacrifice for the good of our brothers and sisters that we're connected to in our family, so we should be giving up things for each other in the family. That leads to a healthy family, by the way. You want to see a family that's got problems? It's usually because you're not giving up anything for other people in the family to help the people in the family. Tr literally. Truly, you're just thinking about yourself and not other people. But here's the other part of this, okay? Because this connects really well with Jesus. Not only do we sacrifice for our brothers and sisters who are part of the family. Oh, this is sweet. Are you ready? We sacrifice for other people who are not a part of the family, who we want to become a part of the family. That's what Jesus did. Because when Jesus died, we weren't part of the family. He wanted us to become a part of the family. And that's why he gave himself for us. I love it. We see both the direction and the, the revelation of this in what Jesus said in John 15. My command is this. In other words, my instruction is this. My direction is this. Love each other as I have loved you. How did he love us? He showed us. Greater love is no one this than this. Then he lays down his life for one's friends. That's what we do. So this is the connection that we have. It's a family connection. It's a, it's a blood connection. We have the same experience of forgiveness through Christ. We have the same leader who is leading us. We're all connected through all of this, but we're to be living up to the example that Jesus showed us to love so that we can reach more people and bring them into the family because that's what God's about. God's about growing the family. God's about more people coming to be a part of who he is in his kingdom. Third thing, third question we're going to answer today is this. When will we strengthen our connection? We've learned already what we can do together, brothers and sisters, when we come together, right? We'll get up, we're strong, we can accomplish more, all of those things. We've talked about why, because of blood. That's who we are as siblings, people who we're connected with. But it's not only a connection between ourselves as children of God. It's about our connection that we have with God himself. We need to have a strong connection with him. Because our connection with God affects our ability to connect with the, the people who are around us. Look at the scripture again. Let us draw near to who? To God. 
Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We hear about our being drawn near to God. We need this connection with God. When will I connect with God? On your outline sheet, let's fill these things in. I connect with God when, first of all, I am sincere. That's what it just said in the scripture. It talked about us when it, with a sincere heart, it said. Look at what it means to be sincere. Sincere simply means to be free of deceit, hypocrisy, or falseness. It's to be genuine. It's to be real. It's to be pure. It's not to have anything mixed in uh, with my life that's confusing me about what my life is supposed to be about. Let me just give it to you in a statement like this that applies to us spiritually. Let's write this down. I genuinely want to have a strong relationship with God. My motive is real and pure. I want to please him. If I'm serious about my connection with God, I have a sincere desire to connect with God. I'm not trying to promote myself. I'm not trying to use God in some way to promote me or to get something that I want. My entire motive is I want to have a great and awesome relationship between myself and God, and I want to please him in everything that I do. That's a strong connection, wouldn't you say? That's who Jesus was. That was the connection that Jesus had with God. That's who he was in who he was. Here's a second, second characteristic of us connecting with God that I am sure. I've connected, I've chosen this relationship with God because I'm sure about the relationship with God. In the scripture it said this, with full assurance. That was the statement that, that we just read in this passage. What does that mean to us then spiritually? What does it look like for us? Let's fill this in. I am sure that he is the one I need to feel like I belong and he is the one I need to succeed. I am sure that I need God in my life because it's God who gives me a sense of belonging. Everybody else can turn their back on me and avoid me and go away from me. But if God is with me, that's enough. Do I have a witness out there from anyone? Amen? That's enough. I am sure that he is who I need more than anyone else. And the other part of that is this, is he is the one who I need to succeed, which means this, I know that I on my own am not enough. I cannot handle these things that I deal with in my life because there are things that will come that I did not expect that I'm going to need help in dealing with those things. Even though I am not enough, God is enough. God is enough. Say that with me. God is enough. Say it again. God is enough. I'm sure of that. And because of that, this relationship, this connection I have with God is important to me. Why else is important to me? Because I trust God. Let's put that down on our sheet. I trust Trust comes from faith in the scripture that we just read. We heard about faith, the faith that faith brings. It talks about this, that faith brings. What is it that we see in faith? What is faith? Look at faith. Faith is confidence or trust 
in a person or thing. In other words, I'm putting my faith completely in God. I'm putting my confidence in him. Let's put it down in a statement like this that hopefully is true of ourselves. I am confident that God will lead me in the direction that I need to go. In other words, I need God to set the course for my life. I put more faith and trust in where God tells me to go than the direction that I think I should go on my own. Therefore, I need God. Therefore, I trust in God. Therefore, my confidence is in God. Now, here's the really cool thing about this. We're talking about our connection with God. But y'all, we have the same father, right? Brothers and sisters, we have the same father. All of us together should have one desire. It's to go in the direction that God wants us to go. That we as a people are trusting to follow in the direction that God leads us to go. That's what leads us in the same direction. It's when people who say they follow God, began coming up with their own ideas of directions that they should go to benefit themselves that cause division within a church because we don't all have the same passion. Let's just decide to go where God wants us to go. Isn't that a good decision to make? That's the direction we should go. By the way, that's a good thing to do for a husband and wife. Let's just decide to do what God wants us to do. That's a great thing for kids and their parents. Let's just do what God wants us to do. That's a great thing to do. Y'all, this is awesome, right? In a business, let's just decide to go where God wants us to go and to sell what God wants us to sell and to do what God wants us to do. What happens? It draws us together to be unified, to be able to do more together, together than we can alone. Another thing is this, that my heart is pure. I connect with God when my heart is pure. Where do we see that in the scripture? It says this, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. That cleansing is about the purity of our hearts, right? What does it mean to be pure? The word pure uh, means this. It means to be unmixed. It means this, free from anything of a different or contaminated kind. How does that relate to us spiritually? Let me just give it to you in a practical statement so that we understand what we're talking about. I am not involved with things that influence me to put myself first. When my heart is pure, I'm involving myself with influences that are leading me to make sure that I put God before everything else, that I put other people before myself. The problem is many people get off track and they stop Having a pure heart. A pure heart always puts others before themselves. An impure heart puts themselves before others. We're in one of those two conditions. But as people who are connected with God, it's to be in one condition to put others before ourselves. That's who we're to be. So what do I need to do? I need people around me. If I am not sincere, if I am not sure, if I'm not trusting in God... If I don't have a pure heart, you know what I need? I need other people around me who are going to help me become sincere, to help me become sure, to help me trust in God, to help me become pure in areas where my heart is not pure. We need each other. We need each other to help us be strong in our relationship with God. It's hard for us to do this alone. 
That's why we need to come together to do this. In fact, it leads us right into the last question. What does connecting help us do? It's awesome. Just read this scripture. Let me just read these verses again because this is where I'm getting this from. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I love this because they were having the same problem back then that we were having today, obviously, because Paul brought it up. He talked about this, that we need to be in the habit of encouraging one another, right? And he said this, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Doesn't that kind of sound like today? I don't know if they had a pandemic that caused the problem. But for whatever reason, people obviously were not coming together to encourage each other, to help each other have better habits. Y'all, this is, this is not me condemning or bashing anybody who isn't back because of COVID. I get it. I understand it. Depending on your situation, your circumstances, what's going on with you physically and other things, I completely understand it. You need to do what's best for you and your physical well-being. I totally get it. My only thing that I would say is this. Don't let what we see in our world be an excuse for us to keep us from coming back together. There might be legitimate reasons for us not being together. Health, I get it. I totally understand that. But at the same time, I'm just being honest. When we're not together, when we're not in the habit of meeting together, all of this stuff that I'm talking about today, it's really hard for it to come about. Because God created us for connection. And if we're not connected, how in the world can we accomplish these things if we're not being connected? So if you're one of those people, because of situations, I would encourage, and we're trying our very best to do this as a church to help people who aren't able to come to make connections with other people through groups online and other types of things that we do to make sure there's a way for us to do this. But y'all, we need each other and it needs to be the habit of us being together. Why? Because of what it does for us. Look on our outline sheet again. What do we learn? It helps us hold on. What does that mean? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. It's said in the scripture, we encourage people not to let go of what we've been trusting in. We've been trusting in God. That's the relationship that we have, right? We've been trusting in God and we encourage people to trust in God. We're holding on to God. We're holding on to God for our hope. This is really important because it talks about hope, all right? This is, how, this is how Satan works against us. He tries to get us to change our grip. He, tr- he tries to get us to stop holding on to God and start to hold on to the things of the world. We hold, listen to this, we hold on because of hope. I'm holding on to this because I'm putting my hope that this is the answer for my life. So what does the world say? Put your hope in money. Put your hope in fame. Put your hope in power. Put your hope in beauty. These things that are temporary in our world, put your hope in these things. Trust in those things to give you value in life. All that sounds great unless you don't have any money, you don't have any fame, you're ugly. 
right? You have no power. What then? Our trust is not in those things. Our trust and hope is in the Lord, in our relationship with God. I mentioned it a minute ago. You can t- every person can a- a- avoid us or neglect us or whatever, but God still loves us and he is enough. And we need to encourage each other to keep holding on to God. Because y'all, I can tell you, there are a lot of people in the church who've decided, even though they come to church, to start trusting in money more than they trust in God, start trusting in their fame or their beauty or their power or whatever, the things they get in the world more than they do in God. And we need people in the church who help people come back to hold on to what is really important and is eternal in nature, and it's our knowing and loving God. That's what it is. That's why we need each other. Something else. Knowing doesn't help us hold on, but it helps us fall in love. In the scripture, it says, spur one another on toward love. What causes us to fall in love? We fall in love when we know more about someone. We help each other get to know more about God. We get to know more of who God is. God is love. What does that mean to me? It means to me that God created me and God loves what he created. I am unique in my identity and God knows my identity because he created me in my identity and God loves me. God doesn't expect me to be exactly like anyone else. He expects me only to be like Jesus in character and love. But I am unique, and I see my uniqueness by seeing the uniqueness of the people around me who are also not like me, whom God also loves. Here's the other thing that we learn about God. We learn what God likes. You know what God likes? God likes to transform people's lives. God loves to take things that are broken and to help them see that they can fix it. God loves to take broken people and to repair broken people. And many times he does it through other people who come alongside of them and show love to them. Here's something else that God loves. God loves it when we become the people who he created us to be, to be the people who are are showing his love toward other people. That's who it is that we are to be. And we're having people around us who are helping us fall more and more in love with God because they're helping us see who God really is, because they're helping us and reminding us about the love of God. Hopefully today, you're going to love more God, love God more today after you leave here than you did when you came in here because of what we experienced through our worship, singing about the blood of Jesus. I couldn't have picked a better song for today about the blood of Jesus, the scripture that he, I mean, I've already, we've heard it twice today, the scripture that talks about all of this, that you come in here and because you're here, you've been encouraged to love God more and to think more about who God is and how God can use us to help each other. In fact, that's the third thing that we see related to this. It helps us not only fall in love, but it helps us to do good things. In the scripture, spur one another toward love. And then it said, and good deeds. We encourage each other to see the good deeds that other people need in their life. We encourage each other to help us see the needs of people who are hurting so that we can see how we can use our good deeds 
to help those people who need good deeds. We need to see the people who are cold, who need a body to come next to them to make them warm. Isn't that what the scripture talked about in the very part, first part of it? I mean, if we're alone, we're in a bad place and we're cold and we need somebody to help us make, make us be warm. We need people around us that need us, whatever it is that we can do for them, to help us and reach out to them and to meet their needs, to do good deeds. Because we learned it from the beginning today, we can do more together as we reach the needs of people who are around us. It's a really exciting time for us. Every year it really is because we, we prepare ourselves for uh, our, our business meeting that happens in November. So our stewardship team's meeting, talk about money and, and other people. Uh, our personnel team meets. We talk about our, our personnel needs and who it is that we have and, and all of this. It's so exciting to me this time of year because... It helps us to dream about how we begin to meet the needs that we see in front of us. We've been doing a lot in the last week or two to expose ourselves to our community and to our staff have our community and to our region to see where people are, where do people live, what do people need in this area, what do people need in that area. And because... We're encouraging each other to have open eyes and open hearts to people around us. Our eyes are being open to needs that God can use a congregation like one called Woodland that can reach out and to help bring transformation to a world. Why can we do that? Because God created us for connection and we can do more together when we stay in love with God, then we can if we're apart. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. How much do you love God? Do you love Him more than anything else? Is your love sincere? Do, do you have a passion for Him? Do you trust in God? Trust in the direction that He wants you to go more than one that you would dream up on your own? Or... Have you allowed things in your life to influence you, to put yourself before other people, and because of it, it's caused a conflict in your relationship with God? If this is who you are, I just would, I, I, what I believe is the Holy Spirit is helping you see that about yourself right now. Without question, I really believe that. You know that right now. And in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And when I do, I just want to ask you to get real with God and just be honest with God about, you know, this is where I am, God, and where I need help. And God, help me to get the help I need from those around me to help me be better. It might be that you've been a person who has disconnected from the body of Christ, that you haven't been engaged with other people who are believers, who are doing things together to represent the family. It's one thing to know a Christian brother or sister, but it's another thing to get together with a Christian brother or sister and help each other be better brothers and sisters and to do more for the family. That we would actually be about the Father's business. It might be that you don't have connections. And I would encourage you to find connections 
We have group opportunities for you here that you can be connected with. We have ministry opportunities here that you can be connected with. Service opportunities that you can be connected with. There are many ways in which you can do it to build relationships with others so that you can begin doing life together as you belong to the family. Maybe God's talking to you about that right now. That you've been putting this off for a long time. I know I need to be engaged. I know I need people and I just haven't done it. And maybe today is the day that it spurred you on to do something about it. I'd encourage you, head out to our guest information center. Uh, Brian uh, is out there. He's got one of our shirt, Everyday Matters shirts on. I saw him earlier today. He'd love to talk to you about ways in which you can connect. Anybody out there will help you in that way. It may be today that you're not a Christian. The most important thing that you need to know today is God wants you to be a part of his family. Jesus wants you to be a part of God's family. That's why he gave his life for you so that he took the punishment for your sin, the punishment that you deserve. He took that for you and was the sacrifice and the shedding of his blood so that you could be forgiven. And today is the day for you, if you don't know him, to give your life to him. I wanna encourage you to give your life to him today. You can pray something as simple as this. Dear God, I love you and I know you love me and I know that I have not, I have not followed you because I've sinned. I've lived for myself and I'm sorry. I know you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me, to take my punishment so that I can be forgiven and that he was resurrected to defeat death forever. I accept right now, Jesus, what you did for me on the cross and through your resurrection. I trust in you and I commit to follow you. Thank you for forgiving me. If you pray it and mean it, God hears you. Then of our service, back in the back to my right, to your left, there's a door. There's a single door with a glass window in it. It's next to the blue banner back there. We're going to have someone there in just a moment. We'd love to talk with you to help you in your journey and your relationship with God. Or if you want to become a part of our ministry here as one of our ministry partners, it's what we call of our members or be baptized or whatever, head there. We'd love to talk to you about any of these things that we can encourage you in this way. As I pray... I want to invite you to pray as well. Father, thank you so much for what you've done today to teach us. I pray, God, that we would have more of a desire today for community and connection. I pray, God, that we would see the value in what happens when we connect with each other. And I pray, God, that we would connect. I pray, God, that we would take the initiative to do what we need to do to find a bond with people around us so that we can be engaged. God, you want to use this church to do great things, but it takes the people working together to do those great things through through your power and love. And I ask you, God, to give us wisdom, give us direction as we follow you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen.